With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Dynasty Warzone, the People's Dynasty Podcast. And here are your hosts, Memphis at DFF Memphis and Jerry at Jerry Sin DFF. Are you looking for a reminder of your fantasy football greatness? Are you looking for something to set your league apart from those dime a dozen jabroni leagues out there? Then head over to trophysmack.com and hook your league up with the best trophies in the game today. And not only will you get the best trophies in the game today, you can get a free championship ring up to a $59.99 value by entering in the promo code DWZRING. You pick out your trophy, which one do you like? You put it in the cart, you add the ring to the cart, you add the promo code DWZRING, makes the ring free, and your league is now a step above the league down the street. So if you're looking for the best, you wanna be the best in the game, you wanna have the best league in town, go over to trophysmack.com, Get that trophy, get that ring, use that code DWZ ring, and let's have a big season. What's happening, guys? Happy New Year, and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast. And tonight's topic is New Year, new coaches, Black Monday, and the Dynasty Fallout. So, I was flying solo last week on Christmas, hard hard to get a co-host, even a guest host, when it's Christmas Eve, but he's back. You know him as the man of the hour and the man with the power. He is Jerry Sinclair. Jerry, what's up, buddy? Man, I don't know how you deal with me, Randy. Who misses their own show, Championship Week? Uh, what the hell? Last week really wasn't a stuff going on and it sucked. My dad's good. Moral of that story. He's still a pain in the ass. I will continue to be a pain in the ass for you. <sighs> 2020 is upon us, Randy, which means every Dynasty fan that has had their nipples hard about this rookie class, we are so close. We are so close, my friend. We're about, uh, about two months away from the Combine. Just a little bit, maybe seven weeks. But tonight's topic, although we're going to talk about a lot of stuff, we have guests, Jerry, because it's guest season. Did you know it's guest season? I did not know it's guest season. Who are the uh, who are the guests? Have we talked to them before? Do I know them? Many, many times. You know them as the best redraft podcast in all the land, hailing from the mean streets of Chicago. It is both Seth and Kyle of the Fantasy Football Fellas. Seth and Kyle, welcome back. <laughs> Yeah. Welcome. Man, we are so happy to be here, man. It's awesome. Uh, there's Seth. People in the world got that drop. Yep. 
And uh, the reason why we brought these guys back to the Dynasty Warzone is every year, and I've done, I've taken part in this for the last three seasons. These guys conduct one of the best NFL playoff fantasy challenges each and every year. So with uh, the NFL playoffs kicking off this very weekend, uh, Kyle, tell us about the fantasy challenge over there at the Fantasy Football Fellas. Yeah, man, we've uh, we've done this over the last couple of years. Got a lot of cool people in this. Uh in this league because it's not just listeners uh, anybody too that i'm in other leagues with and try to get as many people as possible but um as dynasty owners you guys are all familiar with my fantasy league which is half the battle with this thing but it's tough to find a good site that will host uh, a playoff league but our playoff contest is it's pretty simple man it's pretty straightforward you're start you're setting the lineup every single week with the available players that are that are going they're playing that weekend uh, but the catch is you can only play a player one time throughout the entire playoff so it's kind of a mixture of you know strategy on that week and knowing matchups and, and your week to week you know rosters that you guys are used to setting but it's also the idea of projecting ahead of who's going to be left and not missing out if somebody gets bounced early in the playoffs and you didn't get to play you know michael thomas or whatever you're missing out so you got to create optimal lineups every single week so it's a ton of fun we again host it over at myfantasyleague.com if you want to get signed up for this it's pretty simple just go head on over to our website the fantasyfootballfellas.com right on the homepage is the sign-up sheet uh, or on Twitter at the FF fellas pinned at the top. Just need a name and email address. It's free to enter. And then uh, we'll get you an invite. The deadline's going to be Saturday at one o'clock uh, Eastern time. So if you get me your email address, I'll shoot you an invite. You're welcome into the league. Set a lineup every single week with the available players. Again, only once for the entire playoff. And then uh, the winner of the league will win their choice of a signed Autograph memorabilia. We have a handful of uh, some signed jerseys. They were pretty sweet Golden Tate uh, signed photo. It's a it's a big one. It's not like no eight and a half by eleven. This thing's uh, pretty awesome. It's that game. I'm sure Jerry remembers when he flipped. He got flipped into the zone for that touchdown. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. So uh, just head on over to the website, get signed up, man, and play against all of us this postseason. Keep it going. No, absolutely, and we will copy and paste a link to this as well on the dynasty war zone so look for that at dynasty war zone pod on twitter so man uh, a few people lost their jobs today wasn't great for them we're going to get into that in just one second uh but real quick uh want to uh talk about the patreon so jerry and i have already recorded our first 2020 QB class Patreon. It dropped on Monday. If you're interested, head over to patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. Um, and it wasn't all sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows with, with Jerry and I. We, we you know, threw some cons out there to all those pros on guys like Burrow and to us. So if you're interested, again, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. And do us a favor, hit us up with a five star review. We are currently up to 88 and man we're dying dying to get to a hundy um, a c-note and there will be a very special prize once we get to 100 there's a lot of things changing in the dynasty war zone and i mean a lot and i can't get into it yet because all of the ink is not dry but i promise a very very large prize once we get to 100 and We'll make sure I call out our social media. That's at Dynasty Warzone on both Instagram and Twitter. So uh, let's get into this news. I'm going to throw this first one to Kyle because I know what a fan. Actually, you know what? I'm going to go Seth. I'm going to go Seth on this first one because I know what a fan of Mike Evans he is. Jameis Winston. And according to head coach 
Bruce Arians, uh, not a, a ringing endorsement. Seth, what do you make of the Jameis Winston situation in in Tampa Bay? 30 for 30 himself. I, like, Brett Favre made, like, the top 100 team or whatever for quarterbacks, and he's known as the gunslinger. Well, Jameis Winston just broke his record for number of interceptions in a season, but he's never going to even sniff the career that Brett Favre had. Even though he was close to breaking the yardage record for the NFL, uh, passing yardage record this, this season, it's it's just really tough. The fact that Jameis Jameis is not a sustainably uh, a sustainable quarterback that you can start in the NFL from an NFL perspective because he makes so many dramatically terrible mistakes. If you have Brett Favre and he's a gunslinger and he's trying to throw it into tight windows and you know sometimes it get, gets picked and sometimes it doesn't, that's something you can live with if he continues to succeed elsewhere. But Jameis is making just completely boneheaded throws that anybody, any quarterback should never even attempt. And I don't think that's, that has not looked like, that, he's shown no improvement at all since coming into the league. So I think the experiment is over in Tampa Bay personally. Maybe they franchise tag him because there's no other options this this uh, upcoming season in 2020. That's I guess that's possible. If that happens, then Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are still very good fantasy values in 2020. Evans will still be a, a fantastic fantasy option in 2020, no matter who's under center. But it's, it's really tough for me to imagine Jameis being the long-term option in Tampa Bay. And as a result, we have a lot of question marks going into the next season. I love it. And and what people fail to mention when they talk about Jameis's 30 interceptions is his 12 fumbles. He had 42 total turnovers this year. That's almost three a game. That is absolutely ridiculous. I'm going to move over to his teammate. Coach Bruce Arians also said that signing Chris Godwin to an extension will be a quote-unquote high priority on the team's list of off-season to-dos. Kyle, where are you at with uh, Chris Godwin? What kind of dough is my man going to be getting down there in Tampa? Well, the beautiful thing about the NFL, man, it's whoever gets signed last gets the most money, and Godwin's on that track. Uh, He had a crazy year three. We all know that. 1,300 yards, nine touchdowns. We talked about this actually on uh it'll be on tomorrow's fancy world fellas show is our on our 2019 all breakouts team but godwin man he's been from a fancy perspective it's been awesome from an nfl perspective we've definitely seen that progression there's a lot of question marks going forward because of what we just talked about with james winston who's going to be the quarterback there long term but when you have the the towers on the each end with godwin and evans this is an offense that's going to continue to fire um, on all cylinders in the passing game, even if they have to go through a quarterback switch. So I think Godwin is somebody that is going to see a lot of money because he's proven himself in this league already. Even with Evans out here and there, he's he's proven that he could be a number one, I think. So it's, uh, it's a situation I really like if they bring in a quarterback that's willing to keep slaying the ball like Jameis Winston and, and Godwin's numbers spoke for themselves this year. So he's a great fit for that offense, man, and, and I think he's going to get paid big time. And if they're prioritizing him, you know, they, they definitely uh, know what they got there in Tampa. My question to all of you is if they do, let's say they do part ways with Jameis yep. and they draft one because they have a pretty early first round pick. What are we doing with Chris Godwin? Well, I don't know if you know this, Jerry, but in Dynasty, all you do is sell stuff. 
<laughs> no, man, it's uh, he's definitely at a peak, man. You're talking about a perfect situation in Tampa because not only is Jameis willing to, you know, like Seth said, just give it away. It doesn't matter. He's slinging it all over the place. You saw with the pyramid. He just closes his seven. eyes and throws it. it. It's awesome, man. So it's a perfect situation for fantasy production. Plus, factor in that Tampa Bay's defense still struggling a lot, but. Another year of Bulls there as the defensive coordinator. We saw the progress they made against the run. I think that, you know, I don't know if the the opportunities, the situation is going to be any more perfect. I think that he's, you know, his talent is there that he can maintain very strong numbers. But if they get another quarterback, I think you're going to see a downtick in his numbers, at least for 2020. And then going forward, who knows? But, yeah, I think that the situation of having Jameis there slinging it around in a, in a porous defense was pretty perfect, you know, for 2019. And this might be this might be the peak of where he's at. Um, I I'm a little gun shy, just can you know selling across the board just because I do think he's super talented. But the situation this year was just picture perfect. Now I know this will come across a little a little odd, but Ryan Tannehill, who's balling out in Tennessee, is technically a free agent. What would happen if a guy like Ryan Tannehill wound up in Tampa Bay on like a three-year Nick Foles? type deal with this team. I, I think Tampa Bay is a, a great opportunity to just kind of hold and, and see what happens through free agency and the offseason. There's no point in being in a rush, and this defense was number one against the rush last year. They've, they've got some interesting pieces across that defense that I like. Uh, rookie middle linebacker Devin White, th- th- they still need help. But Tampa Bay's got a good chunk of cap space in 2020 and there's still the rumored speculation narrative if you will that they could trade for david johnson so this is an offense in flux um i'm not sure i'm willing to sell chris godwin he finished as the wide receiver two overall in full point ppr and he didn't play the last two games the only player who outscored him at the position was michael thomas and he's really really good i'm going to transition real quick to a guy i'm not sure yet if he's good but he had a, a twitter video that just blew up the land today and that's drew lock rapping to a little jeezy there on the sidelines and and gm john elway said i don't like to show our hand but i think it's unrealistic to say that we're going in a different direction meaning drew lock is your 2020 starter jerry where are you at with the rapping drew lock well it took me back to about 2008 because i looked like drew lock in 2008 I acted like Drew Locke in 2008, and I loved (laughs) Young Jeezy in 2008. I liked seeing it. And if he's the guy, he's the guy. You've got good talent around you. I'm excited for him. He's not anyone that's going to just tear it up. Even if he, you know, he's one of these guys that you're going to have if you have a not great super flex quarterback situation. Not a a big rusher, not going to win you a league. He's one of these guys you just plug in and you're happy that you even have a guy that's breathing. Uh, I did like watching it. I was a fan of all the videos because I have seen Young Jeezy in concert more times than I care to admit as a 31-year-old. So let me ask you a question from a super flex perspective. Are you taking, in 2020, are you taking Drew Locke or Sam Darnold? I am taking Sam Darnold. I, it has... As much as it is very easy to poop on Adam Gase, I just uh, did it this morning. It was awesome. He just, he just makes it <laughs> that's weird. So easy to hate him, unbelievable. I'm with you. I just like Sam Darnold, and I think he yeah. can. He, he's just got a rocket. And I, at some point, 
I really think they're going to get one of these elite wide receivers this year. And I think that'll help them as much as Robbie Anderson has been productive. I don't think Robbie Anderson is a super talent. Uh, I think he's been in a good situation. I think if they can get another good talent, that'll only help. I mean, Sam Darnold's what, like 16 years old still. He's got tons of time to grow. I'm taking Sam Darnold. It's tough because the best weapon resides in Denver. Right. Yeah. Two situations. But I do agree. I think that the talent is with, with Darnold and you know, we, (laughs) things change quick you know you don't look around once in a while uh, <laughs> so i think it's going to be uh that's an interesting debate between those two guys but yeah i think you got to lean the talent there just a bit and, and but it's it's good to see that we're we have at least uh we know who the quarterback's going to be in denver because it's been a long time coming i saw somebody post they're like oh he was three and one in his starts they did uh, you know john elway nailed it like i don't I don't know pump the brakes there <laughs> you know we got a long way to go with this thing but uh, hopefully there's a little light at the tunnel because it's been tough there in Denver ever since Peyton, you know, final year. And, and don't forget that they've also got Noah Fant. So not only do they have Cortland Sutton, but they have Noah Fant as well. Uh, Chris Herndon. Never heard of him. Ryan Griffin. Ryan Griffin. They're going to run a lot of uh, 12 personnel there, but yeah. I, I the, the Jets are just so devoid of talent on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, they need everything around around young Sam Darnold. They need offensive linemen. They need a couple of wide receivers. They need, I mean, they need everything. So I, I that's a good question. It really is a good question. I will take, I like Sam Darnold so much, but I'm going to yeah, take, I'm, I'm going to take, I'm going to take Sam Darnold. Damn you. Yeah, Damn you, Seth. Get stopping. <laughs> that, 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 that's a lot tougher than I was expecting. Uh, one that won't be tough, though, is one of my absolute favorite players in the NFL, and that's Austin Hooper. Hooper was speaking on Monday about his impending free agency, and he said that he is open to re-signing with the Falcons, but he hasn't received an offer yet. Jerry, I'm going to take my quick victory lap on Austin Hooper, one of my favorite hits of the 20. You're doing it with these guys here. That's why I like it. I like <laughs> yeah. Austin Hooper, too, and I know they, uh, it, they don't in love fairness, him. In fairness, Kyle tough. has nothing against Austin Hooper. I was the one that uh, poo-pooed Austin Hooper. I mean, he's no Dallas Goddard, but he did fun oh. this season. Uh, <laughs> My ears bleed every time I hear that, That's Goddard horrible. Well, uh, well, Kyle, let me ask you this. The, the, the Cowboys continue to roll the corpse of Jason Witten out on the field there in Dallas. If Austin Hooper were to say sign in, in Dallas, how excited would you be to have a, a player like him on your Cowboys? I'd be, I would be pumped. Yeah, I, unfortunately, it's a pipe dream because we got monies that we need to be divvying out other places. But I think Hooper is just a, he's just a solid NFL tight end. He's not, I don't think he's, you know, like the Kelsey or even like what Kittle has been. I mean, those guys I think are kind of freaks, you know, a different type of player. I think Hooper's is an all, he's been an all around player. He definitely came into the league a little bit quieter, but you nailed it, man, this year, his numbers were great. You know, he had a, he had a fine 2018 season too. There was nothing to, nothing to spit at with that and then capped it off this year with another good year even despite the injuries and such so i think that you know whoever lands him is gonna just land themselves just a a quality um tight end i don't think we're looking at like a trey burton type thing we go somewhere and flames is gone uh i think hooper can be fancy productive wherever he's at uh i kind of hope that's with the falcons still but 
um, yeah, man, I, I think he's he's definitely somebody that people overlooked. And if they listen to this show and they're not in the league with you, then they probably own him. <laughs> well, I, I will I will jump in and say this: that he finished as the tight end six overall in full point PPR. But if you go by points per game, because he did miss uh, two games in there with his uh, MCL injury, he was third overall in points per game on average. So he was just ahead of Zach Ertz. The guy's like 25 years old, uh, just an absolute stud. And in Dynasty, he he seems to be the, the forgotten guy. I mean, I own him in a lot of Dynasty leagues, obviously. I'm a huge, huge fan. But he, he's one, and before I pass this over to, to Jerry, because he passed it off to you, um, remember the name Blake Jarwin. If Dallas doesn't do a whole bunch with the tight end position in the draft, I really like that guy. I know they brought Jason Witten back, but I've seen flashes out of this kid the last two years, and I said in a, in a different group chat that Blake Jarwin is my 2020 Austin Hooper, at least as of today. Remember that name. Jerry, anything on Austin Hooper before we move to the next story? Nothing I could build upon. I, I'm just a fan. I like the guy. Seth can piss off. <laughs> yeah. S- Got him. Speaking of speaking yep. of, yeah, it's been nice being on the podcast, guys. I guess I'll just go with Sam. I'll just go. I'll just go leave right now. Uh, speaking of Zach Ertz, uh, head coach Doug Peterson said Zach Ertz will be monitored. He's playing with a lacerated kidney. Okay, it's called the Keenan Allen for a reason. Or maybe that was Andrew Luck. One had a spleen, one had a kidney. This guy's not playing. The fact that he came back in that week 16 game against Dallas and and caught a couple of balls just shows you what kind of a tough guy and B idiot this guy really is. And then Miles Sanders, head coach, also said that he's day to day. I tend to believe him a little bit more on Miles Sanders. So give me everything, Kyle. Give me everything on Miles and Zach from a dynasty perspective. uh, 2019 perspective what are you doing with these guys you buying selling give me something yeah with the with sanders he's definitely come on here at the the second half of the season for sure and we talked about everybody talked about this the fact that they're you know like they were using the committee they used jordan howard probably more than people expected when they you know you spend draft capital on sanders people were probably expecting to see them shift to giving him a little bit more work and when Howard went down, that gave the opportunity to Sanders to really take this thing over. I, I think the talent is definitely there. I love the fact that he is a great pass catcher and involved in that part of the game. that has been on display with all of Philadelphia's injuries for sure. And uh, the fact of them having to play catch up in a few of those games as well. And, and um, so I really like Sanders. I, I'm not 100% sold that they're just going to give him the rock at the same level. Uh, that they did here down the stretch. I, you know, I don't, and offhand, I apologize. I don't know Jordan Howard's contract situation. I think he's a free agent after the end of the season. He is a free agent. He is. So I think they'll bring in another body and they could continue to split this workload like they kind of wanted to. They've done it every single, you know, step of the way besides this little stretch with Sanders. So I still think Sanders can be the lead dog there. I think he can be, you know, a, a high, you know, a mid to high end RB2 with, you know, with some upside based off of, the fact that he doesn't get phased out due to the game script. So I just, I, I'm a little bit worried that they'll kind of slide back into that in the long term. You know, he's, he's a player that I really like the talent, but the situation might kind of hamper him a little bit. And that's, and as far as Ertz goes, you know, down the stretch here, you gotta, like you said, you gotta credit him. He's tough as nails and he is, his targets did come down a little bit this year compared to his 150 plus the crazy numbers he was putting up a year ago, but still really nice season for him. 
he Seth talks about Dallas Goddard on our show all the time. Uh, he mentioned him today. You know that they're set up to run that two tight end set. Ertz isn't going anywhere, despite what we've seen from Goddard here down the down the stretch. But a lot of question marks with this team for next year because you're talking about is still going to be an RBC. Uh, what other receivers are they going to have out there? They're not going to have the Talboy running routes every single game, you know, like they've had to down the stretch here. There's a you know run of bad luck uh, with injuries, so. I think Sanders is definitely a guy that has maybe a little bit more value than I would expect, but I'm, you know, I'm not rushing to sell him. And, and with Ertz, he he continues to just put up solid numbers, and I'm not overly concerned as far as that going away because of Goddard. I think they just continue to use both, and and Ertz will continue to put up really solid numbers, especially you know when you're talking PPR. Yeah, everybody was kicking dirt on the grave of Zach Ertz coming into the season, and he was still top three at the position. And I don't see that going anywhere. Remember, Dallas Goddard can flourish with a Zach Ertz. Remember when Aaron Hernandez and Gronk were both tops at the position. So two tight ends can both produce on the same team. And Miles Sanders, as of today, could be my number one off-season sell. I like the kid. Uh, he's been given. He's been shown that with a prominent workload, that he can. He he can do big things i mean including helping me overcome a christian mccaffrey and lamar jackson stack in week 15 of a league but it just seems like when he gets this full workload this full complement of snaps it just you know week 15 it was you know cramps of all things cramps let that sink in cramps and and then now it's the ankle i just don't know if he's ever going to be that zeke that lev bell that david johnson in his prime that saquon barkley that's just going to be a bell cow and i think people believe that he can be and i'm going to let those people buy my miles sanders shares jerry you're a big miles sanders guy what do you got i am you sort of pissed me off but it's fine totally fine <laughs> seth now you kyle will come uh here's my question you're in yep. your draft mm. someone someone wants miles sanders what pick are you selling to get miles sanders it, 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 since you don't like him so let, let's, I, let's say you're gonna buy him that's sort of what i'm going for so i will preface this with saying that uh well and we obviously our show is redraft folk especially during the season and stuff we do our we do our show year round we play in a lot of dynasty leagues definitely sh- focus shift our focus to that in the off season um but a lot of our kind of all that homework and stuff we you know i don't really slow down i, cr- I just cram all this college stuff into the next couple of months so to know everything about this draft class i'm not going to be that person at this time however um you know i'm not gonna sell sanders short like to me i i still i really like the talent and the situation is what just scares me a little bit so i'm not gonna give up like if i'm buying sanders i 104 or miles sanders I'm take. I'm gonna take what I know. I'm gonna take Sanders. Okay. Like I'm still gonna stick with that. And I'm a guy that gives up picks. Like, you know. I mean, that's true. But I I just like. I mean, we're talking about a dude that had 1,300 yards. Yeah. He had 50 catches. I know. The passing game. The second. The second month of the year. Taken into context with having Greg Ward from the app as the wide receiver one for three weeks. Like that. Do not smirk his good name, Seth. (laughs) The app. I'm sorry. I, I agree with you, man, though. Like, Sanders, for me, the catch is what really, like, saves him. Like, I, I do think he can be a high-end, too. I'm just I'm just not sure, like, he's going to reach that potential of seeing, you know, 250-plus carries and those 50 catches. And that's what worries me just a little bit because to see in the middle of the year is one thing, but to, for them to actively 
you know, just make the conscious decision of like, okay, it's Miles and that's it. And we're just kind of filling in in the back. I, I, I'm, I don't think that. I think you're yeah. right there. It's not, he's not going to be like mm-hmm. Leonard Fournette workload mm-hmm. sort of thing. But I, I do like him. I don't, I am definitely not selling him. Sure. Uh, and the problem is that if you want to buy him, it is probably from the guy that drafted him very early. That is going to be hard, my friend. 100%. Yeah, that makes sense. He, uh, he is I per- like him. I mean, 1,300 yards is 1,300 yards as a rookie. Like, I can't mm-hmm. be upset at that. But at the same time, let's talk about David Montgomery. He had 1,100 yards as a rookie. And, you know, the uh, the narrative around those two guys, vastly different right now. Seth, Seth, jump in there. You're you're a Bears fan. You 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 tell us about Montgomery and, and Sanders real quick. He wants one. He wants Montgomery over one on one. That's what he said. Uh, sure. <laughs> Just uh, close your ears for a second here, uh, Drew. Uh, no, like Jimmy Sanders over Montgomery because I don't trust anything about this Bears offense at all, except maybe Allen Robinson. But uh, that's a completely different thing. For Sanders, I would take the one hundred and four. Uh, from a value perspective, I'm willing to take the risk that one of these big name 2020 guys is going to land in a really great and the 104 can end up being worth uh, much more than what you'd get for Miles Sanders by itself or by <clears> himself. <throat> rather, I, I don't think he'll ever be a guy that uh, carries the entire workload uh, for um, by himself. And I think this was a. It was good to see that he could handle it to up to a certain point this season, but the fact that you still have injuries after the rookie season, unless he makes a dramatic change in the offseason to his overall health, um, I think I'm I'm a little bit I'm fading Sanders a little bit there. Is the other thing is this the best we've seen out of Miles Sanders? I, I don't think so. I think he I think he can still do more. I don't I just don't think that that bump is as big as some people might think. But the thing I do like about Sanders, too, is that Philly's offensive line is getting a little bit old, but they've already started that rebuild. You know, they've already paid up for the tackle, you know. So I think that from that standpoint, this is an organization that doesn't fall behind. You know, they don't necessarily like just, you know, reload, you know, but they're they they don't get behind on things and they are looking ahead already. And Sanders is going to be a position, you know, tied into that offense. I, I think he's going to be really solid. I do think he can have a better year than what he had this year. Um, it just maybe that upside's a little bit more kept, in my opinion. But a- again, I'll take the guy that I know over a, a lottery ticket. You know, at this point with the with the draft pick. Per, per our friends over at the Dynasty Trade Calculator, they have Miles Sanders worth just a tick more than the 101 in a Superflex tight end premium league. They're worth about the same. So for for what that's wow. worth, it's it's just it's just a trade tool. Um, it's not science. I, I like to, and that's why I use the trade calculator. I just I'm looking for a, a, a it's a computer. It, it uses an algorithm of average draft position and you know a, several other factors, and it doesn't have any emotion. You know the calculator doesn't have any shares. It doesn't have any reason to protect or or fight or argue. It's just you know here's what we see. And I would much rather have the 101 in a super flex. And like I said, he is my number one off-season sell because I think they're probably going to keep Boston Scott, who even when he's healthy, was getting workload. And I think they'll, they'll, they'll bring in one more back. That Philadelphia offense has traditionally, traditionally used multi, uh, multi-back sets. They're going to bring in more wide receivers, obviously. So... Um, I don't know if that production is sustainable. 
or repeatable. So I, I want to cash out high and I can get another running back plus for him. But we could talk about the Eagles all day and it would make Kyle very sad. But we're, we're going to move to the New York Jets. Uh, Le'Veon Bell. Head coach Adam Gase asked on Monday if Lev Bell will remain with the Jets in 2020 as the starter. And head coach replied, ask GM Joe Douglas tomorrow. So, Kyle, what do you think about that? I mean, is this not the, just the definition of how not to run an organization? Like, I just don't understand. You know, hindsight's undefeated. We say that on our show a lot, you know, and it's easy to come back now and be like, oh, look, that wasn't really a smart signing there. This situation isn't, you know, what they should have expected. I don't understand. We're not even a year into this Adam Gaze era in, on the Jets, and it just seems like they don't even know what they're doing. And there's this complete disconnect, and it, it took like a week after Bell got signed. Like, well, I didn't really want him. You know, we're, and who are they? who are they bidding against? So the, the contract was one that um, I felt like, okay, they obviously they wanted to invest in this guy and um, they've done nothing but just bash him pretty much the entire way through. It was a tough situation leaving a, you know, a almost perfect situation in Pittsburgh to move over to the Jets who don't have a great offensive line and this offense struggled, you know, especially when you're, you, know, you got uh, our boy Sam Darnold out there with his, with his mono not even able to suit up. So this is a situation that they probably just need to cut ties. And we'll go through the whole left belting again this offseason like we saw with free agency. And he won't get the money that he thinks he deserves. And he won't get the money to make up for the fact that he sat out an entire season when he could have been making, you know, $15 million or whatever. But Bell still, to me, he still showed that he has he can be productive running back in this league. He's a hell of a pass catcher. and But he just needs to be a, behind a good offensive line. And either that or he's got to change up his running style. Um, and because it just doesn't work unless you have that that key, you know, that perfect offensive line. But, you know, he's had a lot of work uh, over the course of his career. This year was a little bit more in check. So uh, I, I think, though, he's still got some some years ahead of him, and he just got to land in a better spot. They just need to, to cut ties. And Mr. Seth? 80% Gase and 20% Bell. Yeah, I know the Bell's getting older and, and whatnot, but it's I'm going to put it more on the, the Jets situation rather than Bell not being good enough to perform if you'd put him on a, on most other teams in the league i think he would have been a lot closer to what he was in pittsburgh than what we saw on the jets team this year i'm with you and the thing about how why he was so good in pittsburgh was every time they were trailing they would just dink and dunk it with him to get mm -hmm. up to the field so they could score that final drive and it's like sam darnold just went full blinders in those situations he's like nah Nah, 26, not today, my friend. <laughs> Just criminal misuse. If they keep, uh, if they keep, the, if they yeah. keep on the Jets, he should just get Michigan State fat again and uh, and suck. Well, there we go. We got the full trifecta of me just hating everyone that I'm talking to. It's fine. <laughs> Maybe he should just start smoking weed again and just get suspended for 10 games. I mean, there, there, there's a real possibility. I will say this. We, we, we're starting to talk about 2020 rookies, and the Jets could be a low-key spot where a 2020 rookie could land and have a, die. a tremendous – See, I, I, I think that the Jets will be better at real football than fantasy football. I mean, this is a team that won six of their last eight games. I know Adam Gase is weird. Well, I know for a fact he's weird, but I don't know. This will be interesting. And, and here's one for you, for you, uh, for you medical and, you know, doctor type people out there. T.Y. Hilton was allegedly playing with a two centimeter 
split in his calf muscle. For those that know what that don't know what two centimeters translate to, it's about three quarters yeah, of an inch. America? Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> it's about three quarters of an inch split in his calf. And he was That's playing on followings like, come on, America. Jesus. Yeah. Our entire world other than America. <laughs> like, good Lord. But I, that just shows T.Y. Hilton, man. Like, if there's anyone that's just like a dog, it is that guy. No, T.Y. Hilton's a beast. And I, I really like that dude. But why were you playing in week 16 or week 17? Yeah, I agree. What's your Memphis? You're the you're the resident Colts fan here, man. Yeah. What are we doing with T.Y.? I, I, I am buying. People yeah. will continue to throw him away. I mean, this guy was, I think, top eight at the position through the first seven weeks of mm. the year before the, the injury in week eight. Man, I, I, I still think he can be useful. He's the kind of guy that people will throw away because he's just not as, I don't want to say sexy, but he's just not as he's what not he was. Sexy. I mean, you know, that's against, no. you're right. I want to see him like I, I what I hope for TY is that he develops a little bit or they and it could be that he totally has the skill to do it maybe they're just not giving him the opportunity but when early on in his career he was just such a freaking burner man and he had the he had the guys that would th- you know be able to chuck it up to him and get him those big chunk plays um if Brissett's the guy there it's not that he can't do that but and you're going to lose a step you know father time so i think that just getting him more reps in the slot maybe which might be tough with campbell i don't know but i'd like to see him continue to get opportunities and to me he feels like he's a he's going to be like edelman-esque over the next two three seasons he's just somebody that a contender can go pick up and he'll put up some solid numbers he was a little touchdown dependent at the beginning of this year that's why i hope he can get a few more looks and maybe change his game just a bit um i love watching him play but when you're getting up there in age those are the types of players you can take advantage of in like dynasty because yeah, nobody nobody wants them. But he, it's weird. He's the kind of guy that you can get for like a probably a twenty twenty third when rookie fever kicks in. I don't think you'd have to give a second. You know, there's going to be a lot of people, you know, dying to draft the next rookie, and he's only thirty. He won't be thirty one until next year. So he's obviously a gamer. Uh, I still I still love me some T.Y. I can't help it. Uh, that's the Colts fan of me. Uh, but another guy who's also in his uh, early 30s is A.J. Green. And he was speaking to reporters on Monday. And he remains hopeful of reaching a long-term deal in Cincinnati. Maybe he's got Joe Burrow fever. What are uh, Seth, what are you doing with A.J. Green right now? I'm trying to find the everybody lies drop on my board here, <laughs> and I can't find it. But, uh, yeah, I don't – I think that's that's just uh, – it's not coach speak. It's uh, uh, agent speak coming out of the A.J. Green camp right now. Yeah, let's say they get Joe Burrow <clears throat> and they have – everything goes perfectly and A.J. Green stays on the team and all of that stuff. Fine, whatever. But when has anything ever gone perfect for any team in the NFL from what we've projected in the offseason? It just doesn't happen. Cincinnati is still a pretty – bad organization from the last decade that is now just in the initial stages of rebuilding their identity after 27 years of Marvin Lewis. Um, so I don't know if, if green stays, it's a, it's a step down from where, what he could be doing, I guess, uh, in my opinion, I, it'd be great to see him in a, in a offense that is a little bit more, well, I just better. 
I, I think that Green saying this is what he's, and maybe he doesn't have the luxury of this because he is getting up there if you're really looking for a long-term deal. But if, to me, this feels like his agent's like, hey, if this doesn't work out, the team that's going to give you the most money on a one year is where you're already at. You know, if teams don't want to pay up for a guy who didn't even find the field this year. So I, I don't know if he's really going to, if how sincere he is about this long-term deal with Cincinnati, but I could see him coming back like on a one-year trying to cash out the next year, right? If, if people are hesitant not to pay him because it's not just this season that he's been injured. That's the problem. It's been over the last few and he is a heck of a player when he's healthy. Um, but it's just been a rough few years for AJ green. So I hope that he ends up somewhere to get him some opportunities. And that doesn't, for me, that doesn't mean that it can't be Cincinnati in one year. Um, if it's Burrow and he's, he's going to be let loose and chuck it, you know, where we want to see everything happen right away. You know, I don't know if we know 100% that the Zach Taylor thing is a complete bust. So, you know, it, it, time will tell. But this seems like a guy who's just trying not to burn a bridge. Yeah, and I I think you're just sort of piggyback back off of what you said. That's sort of his only shot at a long-term deal with Cincy. Yeah. Because anyone else is going to, you know, here's a year. Let's see what you can do, bud. You mm-hmm. got you to gotta stay on the field. It's... It is what it is. I like A.J. Green, so I do hope he gets into a good situation. I hope he wins. He deserves to win. He has won me fantasy championships in the past. I hope you can get a ring, too, my friend. Really, I just want to keep drafting A.J. Green because he's just a dude that I always take. And I'm sick of taking a damn Cincinnati Bengal wide receiver. <laughs> he, he is a dude that has played all 16 games one time since 2014. So it's going to have will have been six seasons since he last uh, last suited up. Excuse me, 2015. Uh, he played all 16 games. 2014, he played 13. So, yeah, it's been a while. To me, this just kind of feels like Jordy Nelson. One minute he's here, one minute he's gone. And then you turn just around like right off the edge of just the Grand Canyon. Right of Jordy. <laughs> Whereas we were just talking about T.Y. I feel like T.Y. will be a guy who has more of a gradual decline over time. Man, I just think A.J. Green's, you know, body is fighting against him. He's 31. If, if you can get a second for him, if he resigns somewhere in March uh, in a spot that people like, I, I'm sold American with this draft class. We've talked about it a lot already and we'll talk about it more. Uh, and the last wide receiver, Robbie Anderson, impending free agent Robbie Anderson, has no plans to give the Jets a hometown discount. Saw people laughing at him uh, over the weekend because he wanted uh, about $10 million a year. That's not that much money. I mean, it's a lot of money for working stiffs like us. But considering that Sammy Watkins is due $21 million this year, $10 million for Robbie Anderson feels like a friggin' discount. And Devontae Parker just re-signed in Miami for four years, $40 million. So that's that's not astronomical. And the NFL salary cap went up 10 years. Kyle, what's a good landing spot for Mr. Anderson? Uh, Out of New York. Probably. And I think it makes sense, too, that he doesn't want to give a discount because and NFL players get the shaft, bro. But like he's not he's never cashed out yet. So he wants it. He wants it right now. Um, Oh, man. Good landing spots for Robbie. Uh, I mean, Arizona. I, God, no. I don't need any more mouths to be in Arizona. Let my I'm sorry. All your Andy Isabella shares can be <laughs> are already just ruined. So I was going to I was going to say uh, if honestly, if A.J. Green left, it, it wouldn't be great for Robbie, but like the best spot for Robbie. But I could see him going to Cincy. They could use a guy that can get the downfield threat. 
Green Bay is another team that's probably looking for a wide receiver. There you go. That's uh, a good one. Season. They've kind of throttled back that, you know, Aaron Rodgers is a bit, you know, 26 passing touchdowns or whatever. That was interesting for this season. But I think Green Bay, just off the top of my head, I think that would be a, a good landing spot for him. Um, what will probably happen with these middling kind of guys like this, and I like Anderson, but what usually happens with these kind of guys, he'll land in like Oakland or Jacksonville or somewhere, and he'll get, you know, a decent paycheck, but we won't really hear from him again. So I hope he lands somewhere, maybe – uh, gets the opportunity in a in a pass first offense, but 49ers. I would say probably I would I would say Green Bay would be interesting. You you missed the most obvious spot. Okay, why not Philadelphia? They're currently throwing the ball to UPS drivers and future dog walkers. I don't like sending people to Philadelphia that I like. Oh, uh, I, I, I I I see how it is. I see how it works. So Robbie Anderson, he's a guy that. This is like one of those speculative gambling type deals right now. If you like Robbie Anderson and you feel like giving up a, a 2020 or a 2021 pick to do it, that's fine. He's going to resign somewhere. But like Kyle said, it could be Jacksonville or it could be a bad spot where he's just chasing the dollar or it could be a great spot where he helps your roster. Uh, I'm kind of holding. I have a couple of Robbie shares. I'm not proactively buying like I would T.Y. Hilton. I think you'll be able to get T.Y. Hilton really cheap. We've talked about this a ton all already. You know, guys that disappointed and that you weren't able to help win a championship with, those owners are pissed off. You know, it's like, man, I drafted T.Y. Hilton, uh, A.J. Green. I drafted these guys to help me win a championship, and they weren't there for me. So these guys, you add that in, you add in disappointment with the excitement of rookie fever, and you're going to be able to get some deals on these guys come May. You don't have to do much now. This is where timing is everything. Mm-hmm. And, and speaking of timing, let's, let's start talking about some of these coaches real quick. Um, I don't think he's dead yet, but I heard that Jerry Jones was going to let go the entire crew in Dallas. Kyle? You are my resident Dallas Cowboys fan. Do you think Garrett's going to get the hook? And if he does, who is the best fit? The time has come. It, this is over. It's done. I'm tired of being. I mean, it's. I heard this. Uh, Listeners, I heard this, this podcast aired originally in 2015. <laughs> <laughs> so I heard this on another show that because the Cowboys, they finished eight and eight. Uh, this season with that, that win over, you know, a tough Redskins opponent. Uh, so now I believe that will give Jason Garrett four seasons of finishing eight and eight uh, as a head coach. That is second all time to one Jeff, Jeff Fisher. Fisher, of course. So uh, it was a great ride. Jason Garrett, props to you for sticking around this long. Uh, you just beat up on the NFC East for so long that you continue to be the head coach of this t- Cowboys team. Very talented team that underperformed. I would, I think anyone can say that. I'm trying not to be biased here, but I think we mentioned it. Um, Cowboys fans want the rage firing. They want to see Jerry go out there and just fire. You know, you're fired. You know, going full uh, McMahon on him. It doesn't. It won't happen. Jason Garrett's not under contract. There's no ramifications to this at all. They can just slowly let Garrett go and not admit the mistake of keeping him around for the last decade. Um, you know, from a from a fancy perspective, it's you, I don't like to see players switch systems. So to see, you know, they're probably even though this offense had a lot of success, whatever co- coach they bring in um, is going to want to do their own thing. So I think that'll be tough from like the DAC perspective. Obviously, a lot of contract situations going on with him and Coop. Um, the best fit overall, it, <laughs> the best fit is somebody that will doesn't mind getting run over by ownership. Because if anyone tries to push against Jerry Jones, uh, they probably won't be there very long. So uh, 
you know, maybe that's Urban Meyer because he doesn't stay anywhere more, more than, you know, 18 months to begin with. But I, I don't know if there's a if there's a perfect fit as far as the guys people are going to be excited about for, from a fancy perspective. I, I think like, you know, a proven coach like Mike McCarthy might be somebody that uh, could come in and, and get you quick results. But is he going to come to a situation that he's going to be overruled a lot? Um, you know, so. I honestly don't know if they're what who the best fit is if you want to win games. I think the best fit as far as what this organization is going to do is somebody that will take orders. I would love to watch Urban Meyer and Dak Prescott running his offense with the bringing Zeke back. That's what I want, but like I said, I don't know if it'll happen. I doubt it. You couldn't. No, 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 no. I mean, you want to talk about the most hated team in America times 10? Urban Meyer coaching the Dallas freaking Cowboys. Coach K comes on as a, uh, yeah. you know, a, you know a assistant to the regional manager or whatever, and just everyone hates us. <laughs> Eli Manning is your quarterbacks coach. <laughs> I, oh, I, 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 regardless of who they bring in, I think now is the time to buy Cowboys. I think now is because there will be profit to be had. People are so far down on Jason Garrett that any change to that leadership group is only going to increase your dynasty values. I've said this for the past couple of weeks. It, you know, Amari Cooper is the X factor for me. If they can't figure out a long-term contract between now and free agency for him uh, or Dak, they've got to sign one of them because the other one can walk because they've only got one franchise tag. But I think there is value to be had in Dallas from a dynasty standpoint. Uh, I'm avoiding Amari, but I think Dak, Zeke, and Michael Gallup. Uh, Michael Gallup. It Michael was Gallup. Uh, he screwed me with his three touchdowns in week 17. He was so such an easy buy low. He he was our receiver with three touchdowns and he goes out there and blows up in the final week. <laughs> well, he, he won me a little DFS case yesterday, so I'm not mad at Mr. Mr. Gallup. Uh, but here's a guy. He's just, you know, he, he's meeting with the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars on Tuesday. Uh, that was Doug Marone. He's meeting with Shad Khan. Uh, he gone. I don't. Th- I don't think he's going to make it. Uh, I'm going to be interesting. I, I liked. I liked the offensive coordinator there. He was the guy who came from Minnesota via Philly. I'm drawing a blank on his name. Um, De Filippo. Thank yeah. you, John D. Filippo. Uh, but that offense still wasn't great. So who would be a good fit in Jacksonville? I mean, we like DJ Chark. We like. We like Leonard Fournette. I think there's some optimism uh, around even D.D. Westbrook still. I know some people are crazy enough to like the mustache. So I'm going to throw this one to Seth. Seth, who do you think is a good fit in Jacksonville? If Minshew is the guy, it might be interesting to see McCarthy there. He's uh, there's There was this big article about how McCarthy is going to come in and bring a, a whole analytics department into the into the game i don't know how much i buy into that but let's let's operate on the assumption that he's going to be a little bit more new age rather than old school you have a a team where you have enough good wide receivers to make it interesting uh and a solid running back that you can just pound into the ground we've seen that before from uh green bay with like team with teams like eddie lacy and then jordy nelson uh that kind of thing now Minshew is, is not Aaron Rodgers by any stretch of the imagination, but it might be enough. We might have seen enough from Minshew that you can have aspects of what used to be up in Green Bay uh, pay off for Minshew and the Jags in future years. 
I, I don't hate it. I, I don't. I think they need to get like a, a, a coach who's going to be perceived as a player's coach. Uh, there were NFL agents telling players not to sign in Jacksonville. Uh, there was a Forbes article on Forbes.com that came out a couple of weeks ago that 25% of the NFL NFL players' uh, grievances were filed against the the Jacksonville Jaguars. So 3% of the of the workers filed 25% of the grievances against one franchise. So I think you got to get someone who's perceived to be a players' guy, um, someone that that players would want to come and work for after the bad taste left in players' mouths by um, oh, the old dude from the Giants and uh, and, and Marone. Was, who's the old guy from the Giants, Kyle? Tom, Tom Coughlin. Coughlin. Yeah. Tom Coughlin, get off what's, my... Uh, what's Jim Bob Cooter doing these days? I, I, you you scoff. That's in a waffle house. <laughs> just eating a, a brick of a pork chop. That's what I hope he's doing. Well, well speaking of players' coaches... It, it, the best part is if he's in a waffle house, he just continues to order breakfast, and they're like, they keep trying to walk it over to him. He's like, no, throw it to me. And he's not <laughs> the only Jim Bob sitting in the lobby. <laughs> Oh, fantastic. Uh, you can't beat some good Waffle House talk. So, Jerry, I'm going to give you this next one. Pat Shermer, uh, he was a bit of a player's coach. Not a bad offensive coach, but uh, he got fired in New York. Who's the best fit to take on young Daniel Jones, uh, Saquon, and, you know, the like in New York? <sighs> Is this where we talk about Josh McDaniel? Or at least this, this part comes up. 27 minutes or whatever. His coaching 10 years last. Yeah. You know, I, New York's such a tough spot. I can't. I I don't know. And if they didn't have Danny Dimes and they they had someone to work with, I would say, you know, bring Greg Roman in the OC yeah. from the Ravens and let him restart. But you can't really do that because that's just not who Daniel Jones is. I I don't really know what to do with them. It, it's tough. Uh, uh, what's the offensive coordinator for the Bills? Um, Dabble? Dabble? Roman, Greg Roman. I mean, that that's a guy that's worked with a young quarterback. He's sort of turned that team around. That's teams are rolling. That's a guy I would look for. But New York's a tough place. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to win, and you have to win now. And you got Saquon. They got to go yeah. offense, too. That's the thing. Yeah, you know? and it's... Maybe that's the McCarthy landing spot. Yeah, there you go. It, that's, a, that's a tough one, though. See, I... I would like McCarthy to land. It's not going to be sexy, but like the Cleveland Browns, because mm-hmm. there's so many mm, characters <laughs> would be the name That's I use. Uh, Shitheads was another one I was going to say. <laughs> Randy will bleep that one out for me like an angel. Uh, the, I, I would want someone like that to be able to take it because if he can... I mean, he didn't really harness Aaron Rodgers, but he did a better job at it. That's sort of why I would like them. But New York's a tough spot. And honestly, that's just a situation where you're probably not going to succeed. So yeah. I, I, I have no real wisdom for you on the Giants. They've it's, been going through coaches, too, like crazy. So yeah. it's just like they they got to want some continuity on this freaking team because they're just been – it seems like every two years they've been changing it up. I mean, go with Jason Garrett, I guess. He knows how to beat the East. I All love that. Right. Oh, God, I bet you would. Oh, my God. Times Square would be on fire. <laughs> All right. I'm going to uh, I'm gonna hit the one that a lot of people probably want to hear uh, some, some takes on, and that's going to be old Freddie Kitchens getting fired there in Cleveland. Who is the best fit? How about a grown-up? 
I, th- I think Mike McCarthy would be the best guy. Um, you know, a guy that's not going to be ran over by beard stubble, headbands, you know, fashion icons, and Odell Beckham Jr. And just. But what if he wants to wear his watch? Uh, absolutely not. Or a tinted visor. I mean, j- j- just someone who th- the one that I really wanted took the job in Washington, and that's Riverboat Ron. But someone who can just come in and, I mean, you saw it toward the end of the season. You saw Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry just talking back to them. And and when they smelled blood in the water with this guy, man, they were just like all over him like piranhas. They tore him apart. And I guess Freddie actually thought that he had the support of ownership. Here's the problem with with, uh, the Giants, the Browns, not so much the the Jags is that what are you telling people you're going to be the fourth head coach in 27 months of the Cleveland Browns in that 27 month time period Hugh Jackson's been the head coach Greg Williams was the interim head coach Freddie Kitchens has been the head coach and now you're the fourth head coach you know it, it does it sound really you got appealing your quarterback yelling at fans to well, tell them to come down come here, down here and talk to me fight like, me that's a tough spot yeah, come come fight me i mean yeah. it's just it, I, I feel bad because as much as i absolutely destroy this situation i feel horrible for cleveland fans because cleveland fans are some of the most genuine loyal fans in the entire world and and it starts at the top i mean you got a bad owner, just call it like you see it. You got a bad GM, and I know that he made some good draft picks. 100% he did. But you hire a puppet in Freddie Kitchens that you can bully, and then that the players can bully. I mean, you know, everybody wants to blame Freddie, but who were the guys who hired this son bitch? It was Dorsey and Haslam. So I hope they really get someone, an old school guy. I think Mike McCarthy is the best of what's left. So The, the tough part, too, because you're talking about Jacksonville. Uh, the Giants and the Browns. You're talking about three teams that don't, you know, that think they know maybe in Jacksonville, but you have the quarterback. So it's highly unlikely that they're probably, that they're going to go defense, you know? So, and there's just not that many offensive guys out there that you that are super exciting. We kept, we keep throwing the name McCarthy around, but I mean, honestly, it, it does really feel like it's kind of like, it's just him. I don't know if there's too many guys that are coming up from the college ranks that are realistic you know, because all these guys are making just buku bucks down there. Why would you leave a situation like that? So it's just, there's just not enough to go around. You know, there's, I think there's some guys on the defensive side of the ball that are interesting, but are they going to get opportunities? Because a lot of these vacancies are going to come with a young QB. And when you've invested in a young QB, especially with Baker and, um, and Jones in New York, those are high draft picks. You're not going to, you want somebody that can come in and, and mold this kid um, on either end. So it's going to be, that's a tough part too. There's someone, is going to be left holding the bag because there's just not enough of these offensive guys. Yeah, the only other offensive guy of note, I think, is Greg Roman, who we talked about, the OC of the mm-hmm. Ravens. And honestly, like the best fit for Greg Roman would probably be the Panthers because you have an established running back that's amazing, but you have no quarterback. And you have two wide, two wide receivers that can be molded into uh, several different directions with DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, but there's not a whole lot of truly like established things here and McCaffrey sure. is just so versatile right so you, you have to go find a quarterback somewhere but if you can do that and Roman can build an offense around whoever they get at quarterback that might be a, uh, the best situation for the Panthers and I don't and think they're, Roman's and they're picking at seven too so yeah. they could yeah. easily go with a quarterback I don't think he's had a head coach job 
either. I mean, he's definitely earned it, I think, this year for what he's done in just such a quick turnaround. Uh, but this is a guy that I think if he gets the opportunity, that's not. I think that's a good call, Seth, because that's a situation where you're not handed a QB. Right. You know, I mean, that you... Experiment, you, sad as it makes me, uh, yeah. did not work out. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that. I, I do like that call as far as somebody that can, if you're an offensive mind, you can go in there and kind of do your own thing as opposed to maybe square peg round hole, depending on, you know, what you think about these young QBs. Well, listen, I, I want to move the show along. We're running just a little bit long, but uh, I want to talk about Riverboat Ron. The last coaching vacancy I want to talk about is Riverboat Ron, uh, Bill Callahan and Jay Gruden and GM, President of Football Operations, Bruce Allen, are all fired in Washington. Here comes Riverboat Ron. Can Riverboat Ron right the ship in Washington? Is it just getting tougher in the NFC East, Kyle? Uh, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. It, I don't think with the, uh, the talent they have on defense, man, I didn't want, as a Cowboys, I didn't want him there. I wanted somebody that I, I thought would, you know, not be able to to get the best out of these young talent that they had. Their front seven on defense is, is really freaking solid, man. So I think that uh, they got a situation where he's going to bring in, from a fantasy perspective, that's a situation to watch. Who are they bringing in to continue to grow Haskins and McLovin and, and you know, that, that backfield, you know, whether it's Geis or Love or whoever. I mean, this is going to be an interesting situation from – uh, an OC, but I think from a NFL perspective, it gives you, um, they kept Gruden around a long time, but it gives you somebody that has been there. He's done it and can hopefully get the best out of all these, this draft capital they've spent on this D line and, and uh, front seven. And as good as that, that front line is, they have the number two overall pick and they could have chase young coming to Washington and that, that would make the lives of guys like Carson Wentz and Dak and Daniel Jones could be a, could be interesting what goes on in Washington. So listen, um, the one thing that we don't do a lot of here at the Dynasty War Zone, we don't do award shows. There's plenty of room for award shows on other podcasts because if you need to hear me or Jerry tell you that Christian McCaffrey is the 2019 Fantasy Football Player of the Year, there you go. I just did it. If you want to hear me tell you that Lamar Jackson's the best quarterback in 2019, there you go. I just did it. There's plenty of people doing it, and I ain't, and neither is Jerry. But what we do want to do, we do have one very special award that all four of us want to go because one of the hardest jobs in fantasy football is being the commissioner. So I want to go around the horn. All four of us are going to tell you who our 2019 league commissioner of the year was. So I'm going to start with our guest, Seth. Seth, talk to us about your commissioners uh, and who you want to make commissioner of the year. Yeah, I think you got to give a shout out to uh, Ryan McDowell and Scott Fish. Uh, Scott Fish, primarily who runs the Scott Fish Bowl. And if whoever, whatever person is handling 1,200 teams at once over the course of like five months, that's a that's a pretty big deal. But uh, guys that uh, I've done that I've worked with in terms of dynasty leagues and being a commissioner, uh, Kyle's done an amazing job on the few leagues that uh, we're a part of. But I'm not going to suck up to him too much here. I actually, my choice is uh, my, our boy Commissioner Bob at Bob Three Toad on Twitter. He has, uh, he's a guy that Kyle and I have known for a, a long time, and he was not interested in fantasy at all for many, many years. And I think, what was it, three years ago, four years ago, Kyle? 
I think it was just three years ago. <laughs> so three years ago, we get him involved in one uh, one of our leagues. And after just one taste of a, a single league, he is all in. He's got his family doing it. He's got his well, his wife and kids doing it. It's amazing. And he has started so many leagues, including a, uh, a salary cap league on uh, reality sports that has been very interesting and a, an eye-opening experience for me personally. He just does a great job of commissioning multiple leagues every single season and does it with, you know, with a grin all the time, even when uh, there's a bunch of drunk people uh, around <laughs> trying to draft multiple, trying to draft the same player multiple times. No, this was not me. It was it was someone else. But uh, yeah. So, Bob, uh, thank you for all of your hard work. All right. And then guest number two, Kyle, what you got? Yeah, man, I'll I'll def I'll give a shout. Out. I want to give a shout out to Bob as well. Obviously, everything Seth echoed, but this guy he does a weekly video for every league that he commissions. Oh, man. What, How did I forget that? Yeah, dude, and he so he yes. he's a stud and uh, really enjoy those leagues. And as somebody that does commissioner of four leagues uh, myself, and it's it's tough to juggle all that stuff. So to all the commissioners out there, man, it's a thankless job. If you're not a commissioner of your league, go find your commissioner and thank him. Uh, you know, if they're if they're doing a good job because it's not uh, it's thankless for sure. It's not easy. You got to keep track of a lot of stuff. You don't want to be the reason that things fall apart. So, um, man, it's it's uh, it, it is fun, though, and I enjoy doing it. I, I want to throw out uh, my commissioner of the year goes to uh, John McGlynn. I don't know if uh, if you guys follow him on Twitter at John McGlynn 75. I didn't know John before this last season, and he uh, hit me up. Uh, because he lives local to us and he wanted to start a dynasty league that uh, with a bunch of people that were in the industry type of thing and um, do live draft and which is not easy to do when you're talking about 12 people that don't necessarily know each other aren't connected any other way but that they just play fantasy football and they live close to Chicago but uh, John did a hell of a job organizing a startup draft Uh, we all got together had a great time you know uh, kept in touch throughout the entire season chatting back and forth and again these guys didn't really know each other beforehand uh and he's he's just done a a really good job about uh keeping everybody honest and up to date and informed and uh had a pleasure of of being in the league with him this year so even though i didn't win it and he should have fixed the rules then but uh no i'm just kidding john did a did a hell of a job so i I do appreciate that and it's really cool to not only have a, a league that you can draft live and have in local but to do dynasty man that that's uh that's a tall task. Uh, no, big shout out. And Jerry, uh, give us the rundown on your commissioner of the year. So last year, I actually picked our very own Kyle to do this because we did a dispersal in the TFFG League, which I inherited a fantastic team, did no work, and it was one of the teams I won a championship with on. So appreciate that very much uh, to sort of go with Seth also. I don't know, Bob but I am in a vampire league, which Kyle won. And if this dude just got into leagues and he's talking about salary cap leagues and vampire leagues, and I've been in it a little longer than that and I've never done a vampire league. And this dude's out here commissioner (laughs) commissioning it and doing videos. He sounds like a rock star. Uh, he actually gave me my money today. I didn't even know I got third place money and he messaged me. So (laughs) he is good. Uh, um, my guy though, is my man JD from the GOAT District. There's, I'm only in one of the leagues he commissions, but I am in the chat, and if you have ever been in this man's chat, you know he is on his stuff. He will let you know which leagues are doing what, 
when, where, how, and why. And he's got a lot of personalities in there. Randy is most of them uh, for every single week. He's flipping me <laughs> off right now. Uh, JD is a rock star. It's uh, there's nothing about it. it's it's tough to do that, especially with guys that know what they're doing. And we all sort of have our own opinions on how things should work. Sometimes you get a little, you know, a little feisty. JD's always there. Jerry, JD is, you know, he's Canadian. You know, he can't, he can't be angry. <laughs> he's, he's just an awesome dude. He loves my beard, so I love him. All right, man. Th- those are all great choices, and uh, we'll make sure to tag all those guys in this show as we tweet it out because they deserve to be recognized. And remember, the part of the reason why we do this is for you to hit pause on this podcast and jump in your group chat and thank your commissioner, thank him, thank her for all that they do to make fantasy football possible. It is really one of the hardest things to make this fun activity and thing that we do possible so you guys mentioned a couple of my nominees there were two uh that i shared one was jd of the goat district leagues uh the other one was scott fish Uh, scott fish really deserves more of like a lifetime achievement award my other two nominees and it was very tough when it came down to these two especially after i knew jerry was uh nominating and selecting jd Uh, one is tyler gunthener of the ultimate dynasty podcasters league i know he commissions other leagues as well but this is similar to the goat district this is a big league with big personalities and he had to make some big calls this year some of them were not very popular or uh, fun to make but he handled it like a champ and handled it like a pro and that's been a really fun league to been to be in and then the other one is russ i don't remember russ's real last name so it's just russ outhouse uh, at dynasty outhouse and this guy share he doesn't actually have a last name he doesn't need one yeah he he is yeah he's like beyonce it's just russ but he he is the commissioner of the trade addicts leagues i believe he's up to seven and this is another really really fun league and he keeps it interesting and he just just can't say enough good things about russ and how he has commissioned this league and the way that he does his uh, backfills. You know, every league's going to lose, especially when you're running seven like Russ does. Every league's going to lose a player uh, every now and then. He puts these things on Twitter. He had 68 people looking to get in one spot in Trade Addicts 2. 68 people. And you know what? He did it randomly and he did it fairly. I said, hey, man. And I'll be honest. I said, hey, man, can I pull some some strings for a couple of buddies? He's like, absolutely not. It's a random draw. And for those reasons, on top of all that, I'm sorry, Tyler. Um, I'm happy that JD won and Scott was nominated. But Russ is my 2019 Commissioner of the Year. So real quick, we've talked about Dynasty. We've talked about our Commissioners of the Year. There are football games this weekend. I'm going to go around the horn, go in reverse order of last time. I'm going to start with Jerry. Jerry, what is the game you're most looking forward to this weekend? Minnesota Vikings, New Orleans Saints. Uh, it's not on Monday night, so Kirk Cousins has a chance. <laughs> Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, Michael Thomas, Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara. Let's go. I mean, that's easy. That's an easy one. I And those are two teams that I like to watch. I know one is an NFC North team, but when you're irrelevant, you don't care that the other uh, teams in your division are good. So uh, I, I really want to watch that game. That's just Drew Brees and Michael Thomas are just an so unbelievable good dynamic duo and oh my god i heard michael thomas talk for the first time recently wow not what i thought was gonna happen uh google that if you haven't go on your youtube it because it's hysterical 
but that that's definitely my game. What about you guys? Anything? I'm gonna go to Kyle. Let's get Mr. Kyle's game. Uh. <laughs> The game that I'm I'm looking forward to watching this, but not from a fancy perspective necessarily. But uh, I'm really looking forward to watching Titans Patriots. Uh, I think that this Tannehill story has been really fun to watch. It's it's an offense that, unlike, it, it's Derrick Henry and AJ Brown. Brown's on freaking fire right now. Can this New England defense bounce back Unreal. off of that? It's it's crazy. It's, to me, this is gonna. I think this will be the most exciting game of the weekend. It will probably be the worst for fantasy purposes um, because I'm, I'm not expecting this to be a high-scoring game. I think that will belong to that Minnesota-New Orleans uh, matchup that that uh, that Jerry mentioned. But I'm really looking forward to see if the Titans can can keep it rolling and uh, or if or if New England can flip that switch. All right, Mister uh, Mister Seth. Yeah, I I think it's it's probably Tennessee New England for me because I'd love to see the uh, Patriots get knocked off there. I wish that the uh, the Packers were in here because they are the most fraudulent 13 and three team, the most fraudulent first round by team I have uh, in recent memory for me personally. They don't deserve to be there. God, uh, the Lions almost choked that game they, away too. I mean, I, I know wanna, they lost, so you guys it. are like, "Oh wow, they uh, they they did lose." What do you mean, Jerry? No, they almost won, which was the choke. <laughs> yes, that yeah. The, but I'm loud. Yeah. The Packers don't deserve a first round by, but uh, I think there's 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 something to be said about the Seattle Philadelphia game. The fact that Philly has just underdogged their way into the playoffs with having no offense. Yeah, sorry, Kyle. Uh, sorry, not sorry. And if you even get one of these uh, injured players back on Philadelphia's side, I think that will be a battle that will actually be like really fun to watch. But uh, I think it's still Tennessee, New England for me. Well, damn! I was gonna say Tennessee, New England, but two of you guys already did. So I'm I mean, gonna. If it's good, sorry. just roll with yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. every one of us wants to watch the, the Patriots lose to them. Yes, 100. This is, but as a Colts fan, I don't want to see Tennessee getting the big head. All right, I don't want to see him getting the big head. How many head. times did Tom Brady steal that championship ring off of your Colts fingers with That's Peyton true. Manning? Yes, you do. You want to watch him lose? <laughs> but, but, <laughs> his tears. But you guys know what a Josh Allen fan that I am in, in Buffalo, and I I hate Houston, and I hate. Bill O'Brien uh, and hates a strong word. Wait, I hate Bill O'Brien. So I want Josh Allen and Sean McDermott and the Bills to go into Houston just like the Colts did last year and kick this team right square in the face and go on and play Baltimore in week uh, two of the playoffs. Uh, the Buffalo Bills gave Baltimore one of their tougher games of the year. Uh, Baltimore beat them 24-17, to and I think that would be a really fun rematch, especially in the playoffs. I'd like to see that Buffalo defense get a second shot at Lamar and that offense. But listen, I want to thank our guests. I want to thank uh, Seth and Kyle for coming on. Please, uh, Seth, I'll, I'll, I'll let Kyle tell us all about your guys' fantasy challenge and uh, your podcast. Wait, I, I heard I, that. I, I did that on purpose. Kyle talk about the fantasy challenge. Because I don't. I, I, you should let him be the one to talk. That's about. what I was trying to do. Okay, Kyle. I had faked you. From here. you. I'll take it from here, gents. Yeah, uh, no, just one more time. If you guys uh, are interested in keeping fantasy football going, obviously, dynasty season is, is 
going to be rolling here hot, and I'm sure the league's already trading and everything. But if you want a little bit more of set lineups and uh, and get in on this fancy challenge, head on over to the web- our website, thefancyfootballfellas.com, or on Twitter, at the FFFellas. Just need your uh, just need a name and an email address. We'll shoot you an invite. You can play against us for free as far and as well as Jerry and Memphis. You can see how you stack up against us. Again, the challenge is awesome. You just uh, set a lineup every week with the available players. Limit one per playoff, so you can't you can't play these guys twice. You can't double up. You got to be strategic with this stuff. It's a ton of fun. Again, it's totally for free, and the winner's gonna their choice of a handful of signed signed jerseys that we have we got this golden tape photo we talked about man it's it's a ton of fun so keep fantasy rolling and uh come play with us all right jerry what what do you got after your christmas holiday off yeah no kidding at this point i am a guest more so than the fellows are (laughs) uh no no not at all man uh it is you know championships are over that's i i hope all of you guys won everyone that you could have possibly won Kyle stole one, but it's fine. It's, I'm not bitter about it. I'm bitter about it. Rocket uh, you know, rook, rookie season's I coming stole up. One. You, yeah, Vampire League. No, you didn't steal it. You, you, yeah, you mowed through everybody. <laughs> he beat me by like 50. I had, uh, four, I had four championship teams. They all had Lamar on it. I'm like, oh, okay. At least I, I did that right. Brand, I apparently. That was it. <laughs> no, it's fun. Listen. Rookies, 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 rookies. That's what we're going to be talking about for the next couple of months until we can, you know, hit Kyle more when we play him in 2020. Hell yeah. Uh, me and Randy just recorded a Patreon on the rookie class of the QBs. Um, I'm going to be doing my rookie rankings and everything. It's only going to be on the Patreon. Sorry. That is so. If you want my rookie rankings, you are going to have to be a Dynasty Warzone Patreon. Randy, shut this bad boy down. I'll bring this one in for a landing. So remember, go head over to iTunes, leave us a five-star rating and review, and that ties into there's a lot of big news coming in the next couple of weeks as it relates to the Dynasty War Zone. Uh, things were good not news. really good news, and things we're not quite prepared to share yet because I'm not sure we're at the liberty to, but some really big things. But remember, those five-star iTunes reviews go a long way patreon.com forward slash dynasty warzone and on behalf of jerry seth and kyle i am memphis and we're all just here to make the world a better place for fantasy football be sure to tune in next week as hashtag guest season rolls on we'll see you here next week thanks guys have a good week